longer than I wanted. Sorry about that. Sorry about that, Chris. Because uh, if you can, uh, like I said, we are going to now sort of shift our focus. You know, enough, enough business. Now let's uh, focus more on ourselves, and we'll start. And we'll start with one of our most important selves, uh, which is Chris. Chris, our Hong Kong CFO. And so, Chris, you know, uh, can you talk us? Talk to us about uh, you know your experience, you know, what it's like to be a CFO, what what prepared you for the you know for the role that you're in. Absolutely, Sean. Uh, can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we can hear you. Okay. So, uh, thank you for this opportunity, Sean. And I know that you know you have uh, challenged uh, several times on uh, how to make uh, Hong Kong and Taiwan more inclusive. Uh, so this opportunity is well appreciated by myself and the Hong Kong team uh, for that. And I know that you got a couple of people going to the classes in the next two weeks. Uh, we talked about some GCG roles potentially you know, to be done out of Hong Kong or elsewhere. So I think all this focus, I think, is important uh, so that it throws more opportunity for the team here over a period of time. So thanks for that. So. Uh, so before I talk about a day in the life of Hong Kong CFO, I want to share with you some thoughts uh, and background about how I got there in the first place. Right? So uh, if you see this uh, on the right-hand side, uh, top part below my picture, uh, you have the educational background. Uh, so I'm a chartered accountant uh, from, uh, from India, and where, that's where I've done my uh, undergrad in uh, commerce and accounting. And uh, basically, I had a very strong role models in my extended family. Uh, I had three uncles. Uh, one of them was a director in a public sector company, large public sector company, director of finance, and uh, another one in a large private sector company. And uh, a third was the uh, you know, heading a practice, chartered accountancy practice, one of the largest local firms and also had been the president of the Institute of Chartered Accountants. So growing up, I had some strong role models which helped me choose this line of uh, uh, you know, academics and uh, career. And uh, very early on in, in my career, I started thinking about you know, uh, becoming a CFO of a large uh, company. And uh, all my activities in the initial phases of my career have been sort of geared to achieving that goal. And uh, this year, uh, uh, you know, in a couple of weeks, I'll be completing uh, 26 years with IBM. So you know, I started work very early, just for you all. <laughs> so, and out of the 26 years, uh, I spent the first five years in India, and the next 20 in uh, Singapore, where uh, I had the opportunity to do a lot of regional roles because uh, Singapore was uh, assimilating a lot of uh, Asia-Pacific and GMU roles, you know, either from Tokyo initially and then later on from Shanghai. Uh, so it was a good place to be. And then, of course, the last year uh, from in, in Hong Kong. So if I look at my 26 years, uh, and it's, it's, you know, even though it's 26 years with one company, uh, it's been varied because I've done about 10 roles uh, during that time averaging about two and a half, three years in each role. And uh, out of these 10 roles, uh, I've built up uh, 
uh, you know, the foundation through six or seven or eight uh, functional roles, you know, across pricing, planning, treasury, accounting, um, credit risk management, business controls, audit. So all these are, I consider as uh, building blocks uh, for broad-based finance role, which was my eventual goal. And I know that I cannot get to that unless I have these pillars in place. So that was my thinking uh, you know, in my early days of my career. And uh, also, uh, that, that actually helped me eventually uh, to do, so far, three broad-based finance roles. The first one was uh, the CFO for IBM Global Financing across Asia Pacific. And then the next one was the CFO for IBM Singapore. And then now uh, CFO for IBM Hong Kong. So, uh, so that's, been, uh, that's been really a strong foundation for me to do these broad-based roles. I also have uh, recognized that it's important uh, to do a finance leadership uh, role uh, to have a good mix between supporting the business and also uh, you know, focusing on controls. You know, so the balancing of growth and, and risk, so to say, uh, especially in challenging environments in Asia Pacific, I think it's very important to have some control-oriented roles interspersed with your business roles. And, and if you see in my uh, list of roles, almost every alternate role would be a controlling type of role. You know, you could take credit risk management, uh, you know, business controls, audit. I think these are all interspersed with, uh, you know, pricing, financial planning, and the broader, uh, you know, broader finance roles. So... So I've been uh, grateful to have supporting uh, bosses who helped me uh, realize some of these goals which I set for myself. The uh, other point uh, I wanted to mention was that uh, I've had a couple of interesting uh, experiences uh, by going out of comfort zone, which I think is very important for all of us. I mean, how many of us are apprehensive about doing something new, taking on a new role. You know, anybody here? Anybody apprehensive to do a new role? Or you're very happy, you're very comfortable? So, I mean, that, that level of apprehension is good, actually, because if you're apprehensive, then you don't take things for granted. You prepare for that role well. Uh, you talk to people who have done that before. You get some guidance. And then you'll soon find that six months into the role, you're very comfortable, right? So for people who are a little bit apprehensive, I would encourage you to try and do that, you know, moving on to a new role and, and trying rather than staying on in one for a long time. Now, this doesn't mean that you can't build up specialized skills, right? So, uh, so you take a, like a funnel, right? So eventually, if you want to get down to the bottom of the funnel in a specialized area, you do really need to get some you know, broad experiences before you can decide, hey, which is the area I really want to specialize in and go deep down. You can't say the first role I do, you know, is the role which I want to do for the rest of my life. I mean, very few people have that clarity to do that. For most of us, we want to see, you know, which is the one which is most suited, and we want to test the waters. And if you don't do that, I think there is a possibility that we may lose out on some opportunities, great opportunities. So I would encourage you to do that by going out of the comfort zone. And I would say, uh, uh, in recent years, uh, I've had a couple of experiences 
uh, where I went out of my comfort zone and volunteered for something which I had not done before or which was above and beyond. Uh, so in, uh, in, when I came into, well, after my IBM CFO, Singapore CFO role, I, uh, I was asked to do the finance business controls manager for Asia Pacific. Lorraine Riley, who was the CFO at the time, also said that, hey, I want you to do something additional, uh, you know, which is on top of this controlled role, which she said was to be the single point focal uh, contact for our relationship with uh, Economic Development Board of Singapore. And IBM Singapore has got a lot of uh, collaboration uh, with EDB, uh, who is basically uh, incenting companies to make investments and create jobs. And we had several projects going on for which we received financial assistance and uh, incentives. And, uh, and different business units were going to EDB and, uh, and talking to them and sometimes making commitments which may be in conflict with each other. And so she, she wanted me to be the single point uh, through funnel all these different uh, activities uh, and it was a, a very enriching experience for me. I was apprehensive, definitely, you know, before I started doing the role. But again, spending a lot of time talking to subject matter expert in government relations, corporate tax, and the business leaders, uh, you know, who were working on those projects, helped me sort of overcome that and achieve some level of success. The second one I want to talk about is, uh, again, uh, about a year back when I was in this business controls role, uh, the APCFO uh, asked me, hey, can you do an interim Korea CFO role for a couple of months because, you know, the backfill has not been approved yet and it's an assignee and it may take a while, you know. And I said, yeah, okay, fine, I'll do that. And he said, it's going to be on top of whatever you're doing. I said, okay, fine, no problem. Uh, so for a couple of months, and this was the peak period around this time of last year, um, you know, at the peak of the plan period as well as the third quarter close, uh, I was working for two months uh, with the Korea team, you know, both the finance team as well as the business leadership team in putting together their plan for this year and also closing out the third quarter. And uh, this was well appreciated by uh, the APCFO later on. And uh, so those are things which I, I, I found very rewarding by volunteering for doing something over and above your comfort zone. So. To sum up in this, in this page, uh, I, would, uh, I would say three things. One, choose role models. And you, these may be uh, different role models depending on the stage of your career or your life. Uh, and they really help because if you know that somebody has done that, you feel a lot more confident in doing something. Second is accumulate varied experiences. And third one is you know, go out of your comfort zone, volunteer for some projects, assignments, stretch assignments, whatever it is, right? Depending on what's, uh, you know, what's available at that time and what is it you can do. Uh, these will really enrich your experience and, uh, uh, as you progress your career along at IBM. Can I then uh, move to the next page, please? So let me talk about my role here in, uh, uh, as a Hong Kong CFO. So, so this is, uh, 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 so I, I, my day usually starts uh, with a stint of yoga for about 30 minutes. Now, if you think that I'm going to be in some convoluted postures, you know, forget it. So I do some basic, simple, you know, sun salute, I don't know if some of you are aware of, you know, and then a lot of breathing exercises, 
this helps me actually to be in the right frame of mind, both physically and mentally, you know, to tackle any challenges which may crop up during the day. Then sometime uh, before I leave home, I would have just scanned through my mail on my mobile phone, not going into the mails deeply, but looking at anything which is, looks very important, or any mail from Sean, you know, just to make sure that I need to pay attention. <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and then, uh, you know, uh, and then I, uh, I use the public transportation in Hong Kong uh, to go to office. It's got an excellent infrastructure, vibrant place, you know. Uh, it takes me about 40 minutes to go to office, and there is a 20-minute walk built in, uh, so that makes it all you know, interesting. And I try not to touch my phone during my commute. Uh, I try to spend time you know, maybe introspecting a little bit, looking at the, you know, what I need to do during the day ahead, or maybe a little bit of prayer. You know? So basically all to put you in the right frame of mind when you get, get to work. And uh, at work, uh, you know, there are, uh, I spend my time on uh, business-related or business-supporting roles, uh, you know, and also uh, more on, uh, you know, control-focused roles, and then uh, some collaborative roles, and also some uh, self-development uh, networking type of roles. So uh, let me talk about uh, these categories. I try to put those categories so that uh, it gives you some, uh, some, some idea of what my focus is. So... Uh, let me talk a little bit about the strategic business support role. As Sean men mentioned, our third quarter year-to-date performance in IBM Hong Kong has been pretty good. You know, uh, a solid revenue growth with uh, more than matching uh, contribution growth in uh, profit contribution. So, but one of the concerns we have, I mean, we have got good transactional revenues during the year which supported this growth. But one of my biggest concern is... Uh, is the services signings. Uh, we have not been doing well so far this year. You know, a couple of big opportunities. We have not been able to convert. And, uh, and I feel that unless we put some uh, large signings growth on the books, 2019, we are going to face a lot of pressure on an annuity stream. And we also have an additional challenge because some of the transactions, a couple of the transactions we have done during this year has sort of cannibalized the annuity revenues of, of future growth. So those challenges are, are, are some of the things which we are worried about. And this is well recognized by the business leader. So Francis has set up uh, a series of, uh, has identified some of the top accounts, uh, you know, with all of us, with the collaboration with all of us. And we are going through account planning sessions covering about 40, 50 accounts, you know, doing a few every week. And uh, this takes up a lot of time. Uh, on an investment, uh, you know, on the review team as well as the team, the client teams and the brand team. So, it, typically a one-hour discussion uh, of a client, and uh, we look at uh, how we can add value to the client, increase our wallet share, and then uh, basically put us on and identify at least out of the fifty, if we can identify between five and ten accounts which have opportunity of contributing, you know, ten million dollars over the next one year. I think that will give us uh, you know, some comfort on how to achieve our signings growth uh, to support our revenue growth. So that is one strategic thing I would say. Uh, you know, as a CFO, I'm also very key, closely involved in that. The other one is, of course, on uh, more tactical business results. You know, this month, this quarter, 
maybe next quarter pipeline. We have reviews with uh, you know every way you look at it, right? Brand, uh, client, uh, teams, ESUs, and uh, uh, focus on transaction, focus on pipeline. You know, all sorts of combination of reviews. Uh, so we spend some time on that. Uh, then I also want to talk about one area which I consider really important uh, for a CFO is the risk management and control aspect. And, uh, and this comes in a few, few shape, right? One is through some of the broader uh, climate type of thing, which is improving integrity. Uh, so uh, Liming and team, you know, GCG team has got uh, a quarterly uh, review with each of the business unit, including Hong Kong. And uh, since I came on board, uh, one of the things which uh, Francis has supported is to have an integrity council, a, a Hong Kong integrity council meeting before every GCG integrity council meeting where we have to present. And what I do is I put together some of the metrics, the scoreboard, some of the focus areas, challenges, and talk to the business leaders about those. And in case we find some exceptions or areas where we are not doing well, Francis and I ask the business leaders in a, what's going on in there and how can we improve that. Let's say, for instance, cascading of mail, right? So uh, GCG team, send, leadership team sends out you know, trust uh, control-related uh, communication with a, uh, with a request for the business leaders to cascade that right through. And let's say last quarter we didn't do that very well, right? So... So this quarter, we were talking about in the Integrity Council, hey, what is happening? You know, why are these leaders and managers not communicating to the team down on something as important as this? And how can we track this better and help them to do that on time? You know? uh, so that is one. Uh, the second one is, uh, at any point of time, we are working on two or three projects in collaboration with uh, uh, you know, different business groups. T channels is always a very key. Uh, you know, from a risk point of view, procurement, uh, TCO is involved, uh, and, and of course finance. So we talk about a project, like one of the ones uh, we have been working on is on uh, dual role. You know, when you have a supplier and a business partner, uh, you know, both the roles in one entity, so you're buying and selling actually from the same entity, there is potential for a conflict of interest. And we had, let's say, 25, 30 business partners who we were buying products or services from, and they were small amounts. And we said that, OK, let's eliminate some of these small conflict of interest and then focus it on the real ones, the big ones which we need from a business point of view, in which case we all can get engaged and track and monitor it. So we, that way, we mitigate the risk without impacting the business. The other one I found it very useful uh, in, in my CFO roles is on uh, Control-related discussion as part of the MSA exercise. Um, uh, Claudia, my business controls lead, helps to identify four or five process owners every quarter and call them in for a discussion, you know, 30-minute discussion, no charts, nothing required, but just to talk about what are the issues they are facing or seeing in their process, which is causing them to lose sleep, and how is it that we can address that, and what help do they need from the finance or the business controls teams to do that. I found this very... Uh, very useful to stay on top of controls. And this way, I'm able to advise my uh, general manager, Francis, what's going on. You know, I know that the business units are engaged vertically, but this is one which, as a territory, we also get visibility to what's going on. Because if something blows up, you know, everybody is, uh, needs to 
get involved, right? So you don't want to be surprised on controls. Uh, the other one I want to highlight on is on people management. Uh, so we have various activities uh, which uh, require us to interact with our employees on a formal basis, you know, in uh, setting up goals and reviewing performance. And of late, we also have uh, you know, a lot of focus on career conversations. Uh, and I also look out for uh, you know, people who are uh, facing problems or difficulties. And one of the indicators are you know, if you find people who are working uh, perennially late in office, you know, it means that the person is you know, really overloaded, and uh, it's not a right frame of mind. And when something negative happens, you, know, you have the person leaving and going. So, so look, I, my objective is to look, for, look out for you know, small, small things like these. Uh, and it's a small team here. And uh, to make sure that everybody is comfortable doing what they are, I encourage people to go home and not wear, work very late. Uh, on my part, what I try to do is uh, try not send too much of email late in the night or over the weekends unless it's really urgent or important. And uh, that way, you don't build a culture where the team is exp you know, set the expectation of the team that you, know, you come into the office tomorrow morning or on Monday morning, you have a solution to all the problems you have generated over the weekend or over the night. So, so this is something which is important, I feel, uh, to make the employee also have their own personal time and perspective. I encourage them to go on, take on leave uh, in these discussions. If they have not done, plan for it, not leave everything to the last minute, uh, where then you end up in a problem, difficult situation of either letting it lapse or, or impacting the business. The other, one I, uh, uh, other aspect I spend a lot of time on is on... Uh, uh, you know, you know, the collaboration with uh, other functions, you know, whether it be procurement, uh, rezo, uh, marketing, STS, on areas which uh, where we can improve efficiency or productivity, and that way, uh, as a unit, we can be um, more conscious, deliver better business results. Uh, one aspect which the CFOs are very focused on is on statutory compliances and regulatory compliances. And we have several of those areas, which in the normal, in other finance roles, pricing, planning type of roles, you don't come across that much. Uh, so this is on, uh, you know, it could be a tax issue or a legal issue or revenue recognition issue or, or a treasury issue. Uh, so, so we do have, you know, uh, discussions on uh, uh, issue-based and uh, looking at uh, what are the exposures, potential exposures we could have and uh, how do we address that you know, to mitigate those risks? I also spend some time on uh, skills and networking. Uh, again, uh, there is a lot of uh, uh, information and material which is available to us. In fact, it's too much. Sometimes we can't cope up with that. Uh, but you know, at least on a weekly basis, uh, spend a half an hour, one hour on catching up on something which uh, has come up new. It could be an executive message or it could be a CFO call. You know, there are some formal calls, which as CFOs we attend a couple of times in a quarter. Uh, so all those help me to sharpen my skills as a CFO and also be aware of the environment I'm operating in, which is very important. Uh, so, so these are some of the things which uh, uh, I face in, a, in my, uh, I prioritize also in my day-to-day uh, I would say that uh, as a CFO, I would leave a couple of things uh, in a net summary. So one is, especially in these broad-based CFO roles, 
Ownership is what you take. It's not what you're given. Um, you know, rather than wait for somebody to tell you to do something, I always believe, especially as a CFO, to, to look into areas, even though it may not be under your direct responsibility, to ask and question and challenge and make sure that you are comfortable with that area. And the second is, which is very important for any finance professional and more so in any decision-making or controlling role, is you need to know when to say no, right? So, and irrespective of who's asking the question, uh, it could be a general manager or, or, or a business leader, but if it is something which you strongly feel that it is not the right thing to do, we have a fiduciary responsibility to stand up and say no. And uh, that doesn't mean that you're not supporting the business. You're only saying that, hey, I'll do some trade-offs. If it's a purely business-related issue, you know, revenue versus cost type of thing, you, know, you can always do a little bit of trade-off. But I find that when it comes to issues on integrity, controls, those type of things, uh, I would be a little bit more firm than being supportive of the business. So those are a couple of thoughts I would like to close off. Uh, and again, uh, if there are any questions or comments, I would be happy to take. And if not, right. uh, thank you very much, Sean, for the opportunity. Back to you. Oh, <laughs> You don't have to work till the late evening tonight. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you. All right. Any, any, any questions, comments for Chris? No? All right. Good. Thank you, Chris. Okay. Thank you, Sean. Okay. Now, now Lily, we're, we're squeezed on time. Yes. 